Somebody say hallelujah. Good to see everybody. It's a good day to have church. So I'm going to preach this morning. The title of my message is forget about it. Just forget about it. And so I was like, you know, I always try to gather a little funny thing, and I decided not to do it because it was a real uh, stupid joke. And in the first service, uh, I got some booze, and so I, de- I t- told him the joke, and uh, I'm going to run through it real fast. <laughs> then after I get through with it, you can just forget about it. So there's an elderly lady, and, and uh, she, was, uh, she went to the preacher, and she's getting married, and she was marrying a mortician, and the mortician was visiting, and uh, the preacher was visiting with her, and he said, he, he said, well, tell me a little bit about your history. She said, well, I've been married four times. All of my husbands have passed away. And he said, uh, man, that's great that you're just moving on with your life and, and uh, getting married again at, at 80. And uh, so he says, well... She said, he said, tell me about it. He said, well, the first husband I married, he was uh, when I was 20, and I married a banker. And the second one that I married, uh, uh, I, he was a ringmaster at a circus. Said, well, that's interesting. And, and she said, and then the third one, he was a preacher. And uh, now I'm marrying a mortician. And uh, the preacher said, man, that's, that's quite a diverse group of men that you've been married to. She said, yeah, I married one for the money. (laughs) Two for the show. (laughs) Three to get ready. (laughs) Four to go. There you go. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Forget about it. (laughs) Made me nervous just telling it. This morning, I want to talk about forgetting the things which are behind. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3, a very, very important verse of Scripture. Hopefully this morning, my prayer is, Lord, help us that, uh, to open up our hearts and our minds toward your word. Help us, Lord, to, to understand you better and understand ourselves better and to, to really look on the inside of ourselves, to see ourselves as you see us and to uh, not be influenced by the negative things that have happened to us in our past. Help us, Lord, to press on. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians 3.13, the last part of verse 13, it says, I focus on this one thing. Everybody say one thing. He said, I focus on this one thing. Then he said, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I focus on forgetting the past. My focus is on forgetting. (laughs) It's interesting, isn't it? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. In verse 14, it says, I press on. Everybody say, I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, 
is calling us. He said, in order for me to press forward, I have, there's some things in my life that I've got to forget about. And if I don't forget about those things, it may hamper my future success. Have you ever been looking in the mirror while you was driving? The rearview mirror. You know what? If you spend too much time in the rearview mirror, you're going to run into something. There's going to be a wreck. And if we're not careful, we will allow ourselves to focus more on our past issues, our past problems, our past relationships, our past offenses, our past. We focus more on the past. And when we're looking at the past so much, if we're not careful, it will hamper the pressing on to what Christ has called us to in the future. Behavioral scientists have discovered that we usually see things that we are prepared to see. I like tractors. Anybody with me? When I pass a good tractor, I've been prepared to look at that tractor. I like them. And we, I mean, if, you, if we drive by a tractor for, that's for sale, I'm like... I know, I got a problem. <laughs> so here it is. It is all centered in a network of nerve cells called the reticular activating system. The reticulator, our retina activates itself, and there's a system that happens through our eyes that we focus on what we're looking for. Everybody here today has one of those, a reticular activating system. Hopefully it's engaged right now. <laughs> it works like this. Once something has been brought to your attention and you've been prepared to see it, you will see it virtually everywhere you go. Whether it's a new car, a boat, a tractor, a horse, or... You know, you, you, you fill in the blank. You, you know what you look for. You know that. Some of you ladies, you like shoes. It's okay. But it happens in other areas of our lives. Uh, we see what we're prepared to see. And consequently, if we see what we're prepared to see, many times we don't see what we need to see because we're looking at something that we're prepared to see. You see. If on the other hand, if we're looking, if we're prepared to see doom and gloom in the world, that's what we see. You ever been around somebody that they listen to the news a lot and it, there's, there's a lot of negative. Uh, the, the, make no mistake, the object and the objective for news stations is to stir you up. They want to stir you up. And if they can stir you up, then you're going to go back and listen to them again because your reticular activating system is uh, activated. 
So we, if you look for do, if if you're a doom and gloom person, that's what you see. On the other hand, if we're prepared, if we prepare ourselves to see opportunities, we see uh, things that are available for us. We see the the benefits of of life. Then uh, that's what we're going to look for. If we see ourselves as failures, we will fulfill our destiny by what we look for and fix our thoughts and our eyes on. If we see ourselves as weak and sickly, chances are pretty good that that's what we'll be. Be careful about the declaration that you make with your mouth about who you are. Because we all look at ourselves Question is, how do you look at yourself? What do you see? Who are you on the inside? Someone who is weak and constantly failing or someone who isn't worth very much? Or do you see yourself as eager, optimistic person who can hardly wait for the next day to begin because there's so many things to do? What do you see when you look at yourself? We can go around saying, well, that's just, that's just the way I am. It's just the way I am. And you just have to accept me the way I am. Well, that's half right. The half part is that, is that we have to accept you the way you are, but the part that's wrong is that you don't have to accept yourself the way you are. I got till 11. I said, you don't have to accept yourself the way you are on the negative things that you've allowed to become a part of your life. Amen. Sweet. God can change us, amen? If we will let him work his will in our lives, this is the reason for this message today. One of the things that reason it's so important for us to say the right thing because if you say, well, I'm, I'm just not ever going to change, you know what will happen? You'll never change because you will declare in your life. Now, listen, I want to make a little disclaimer here. Uh, the, the, all of these books that are written about the power of positive thinking, a lot of those things came from the Word of God. And we have to be careful about what comes out of our mouth. And it's not just because of the power of positive thinking, but, but God has positive thoughts toward you. He said, I have the thoughts towards you, plans for your future, to give you hope and a future. And, and, and if that's God's plan for us, then that should be our plan for us. Amen? Philippians, again, I want to read it, New King James Version. It says this. Not that I've already attained, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And it's the phrase, forgetting those things, <laughs> forgetting those things which are behind that haunts me. Anybody with me? It's like, anybody like, man, I wish I could forget about it. But it's always there and it always jumps up when there's a problem that the, I want to talk to us about that. Because this, this spoke to my heart as well. Uh, in the New Living Translation, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Thank God. We don't have to reach perfection. We just have to strive for it. And when, and when we're in the process of it, God 
loves us to embrace the process of pursuing perfection, not that we ever really arrived there. He said, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I am focusing all of my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. To forget about something, we get it off of our reticular activating system. In other words, instead of focusing on the things that we have been focused on in the past, there's something that happens inside of us that God heals, and we be begin to focus on the things that really matter. We replace it with activities that look toward Christ. Uh, by the way, this is what happens with, with addicts. When, when we are addicted to certain things, we begin to look for those certain things. When I was a chaplain at, this, at the Sam Houston Race Park, I had a lady that was a, a crack addict, and she said, I just drive by this, this, this place where I buy crack. She says, I just can't, I can't go by there without stopping. You know what my response was? Yeah, exactly. Don't drive by there. If you got to drive through Oklahoma to get around it, you don't drive by that place. Because something has to change inside of us. And we, and, and I have to say this with a lot of respect. It's easy to become addicted to whatever. And even in Alcoholics Anonymous, they say that once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. I would say this, that we have to be careful about labels. And I'm not minimizing the challenges of alcoholics or the challenges of drug addicts or the challenge of, of porn addicts. Reticular activating system. What are, you, what are you looking for? But what I will say this is that God can change your the way you think and the things that you're looking for and he also can heal you of your addiction and aren't you thankful for that god can heal you of your addiction but you have to participate it's not something that god will heal you you got to figure out what you're going to look for instead of what you looked for in the past. Um, there's a lot of hurdles associated with forgetting the past. We've all witnessed this. Some will say it, it's impossible to forget the past. Why then consider it all? Why do we even preach a sermon about forgetting the past? Uh, not because it is imposs an impossible task, but because it is possible to attain it and because of the benefits and the blessings that we'll receive by doing it under the context and the guise that Paul mentioned here. So one of the things that makes it hard, that makes this hard, lies deep within the neuro neurological wiring of our brain. Dr. William Penfield, director of Montreal Neurological my daddy told me one time, he said, if you want to say something big, just say elephant. <laughs> so he, was, uh, uh, he reported to the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. This is what he said. He said, your brain contains a permanent record 
of your past that is like a single continuous strip of moving film. The film library records your whole walking life from your childhood on. You can relive those scenes from your past one at a time, feeling exactly the same emotions you did during the original experience. It is important to think, I, th I think, to understand at the outset that when Paul talks about forgetting the past, that he's not referring to erasing the past but living in a way that the negativity of our past is not a factor for our future. In other words, the, 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 the past doesn't own us. We own the past. Now, you, you all have computers, and whenever you have a computer and you push the delete button, it is deleted. However, what you deleted is still in the memory of that computer even though you deleted it. And it doesn't mean that it's not there. It doesn't mean that your past isn't there. It doesn't mean that, that, that we're just really going to forget these things, but what we're going to do, we're going to train ourselves to let go of the things that we need to let go of. And there's a lot of things that we need to let go. We are many times more hard, more hard, harder, on ourselves than God is. God has much more compassion on us than many times we have on ourselves because we rehearse our past and our failures. Is there anybody here that is sick and tired of thinking about the failures of your past? My name is Randy Weaver. There's some things I've messed up in the past, but I'm tired of thinking about it. So... I believe Paul's saying that we are to forget the past in the sense that we do not allow our past failures, our hurts and disappointments to keep us from experiencing God's best for our lives today. For many, their past is holding them hostage. They are being held hostage by past failures or mistakes, uh, disappointments. I will say this, we are not a failure Listen, we are not a failure because we fail. We are a failure only if we allow our failure to define us as a failure. And we cannot allow our failures to define us. Somebody, somebody's got to say amen to that. We talk about having communion. Talk about God's grace and his mercy and what he's brought to us. There's nothing more the devil would like for us to do than to live in the regret of our past. And there's nothing that Jesus would like more than for us to turn loose of the regret for the stupid things we've done in our past. We've all done them, right? Amen. Thank God he made a way for mercy. So believe it or not, the extreme successes of our past... <laughs> This is on the other side of the coin. The extreme successes of our past can also be one of the greatest enemies for our future success. If you live in the success of your past and God has something new for you for your future and you're like, well, man, I'm a, I, that worked. And this is one of the greatest enemies of the church. Well, we did it this way back in the 60s. We better just keep doing it this way. Let me tell you something, God doesn't ever change, but, but we have got to keep up with 
the world and the culture that we live in so that we can reach out into our community and love our community the way that they need to be loved. And we've be, got to be on the cutting edge of what God has for us today. God is a creative God who created creative people to create the blessings that God has for us. So we got to walk in that as a church. But if we choose to live in the past, we got any old people here? Raise your hand if you're an old person. My name's Randy Weaver. I'm an old guy. It's harder for us old people. You with me? Well, it's just the way I am. Well, if you keep saying that, you know what? It will be. You're not going to change at all because you say, that's just the way I am. But if you start saying, I am a work in progress. God is moving through me. He's moving in me. He's got a plan for me. And I want to be open to any plan that God has for me in the future. I want the fire of the Holy Spirit rising up inside of me so that when I walk through Kroger's, I can speak to people with the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And I can make a difference with my children, with my grandchildren. I can make a difference in my workplace because I am filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm not filled with the regret and the pain of my past. God help the church. You're the church. It's easy to become so comfortable with our success that we're unwilling to go and do something different that that God's actually called us to do. Uh, Please don't ever confuse the financial prosperity of your life with the spiritual prosperity of your life. Just because God blesses you financially doesn't mean that you're Uh, you've arrived spiritually. Past successes may only be the outside glitter of the package. It all depends on whether we are dependent on our success or dependent on Jesus, the one who gave us success. That's a good word. We are a creative people created in the image of a creative God. You know, dealing with past pains and past problems, it's kind of like I cut my thumb off in 2020, and believe it or not, my brain still thinks my thumb's there. I still have this, I still have uh, nerve pain, and when I move my thumb, sometimes I think it's there. But my brain is lying to me. It's called phantom pain. It means it's it's pain that I make up, but it's not really there. I just want to slow down for you. We create a lot of pain in our in our lives that God doesn't have anything to do with. God doesn't want us to live in the regret and the pain of our past. And the phantom pain will actually become something if we allow it to become something. It's kind of like I read a case where a woman uh, came in asking 
for, for uh, orders against her ex-husband. She was nervous and upset to the point that she seemed ill. Trembling, she related at length how bad her ex-husband was. However, since the divorce, he had been poisoning her son's mind uh, against her and constantly interfering with their relationship. She was talking to the lawyer about it, and uh, uh, he, he thought that she looked a little bit old to have a child at the home, and he asked her, uh, what is the age of your son? And she said, well, he just turned 32. Oh, the attorney said, how long ago was the divorce? She said, 17 years ago. This is, she had actually made a career out of her pain. She had actually made a career out of this turmoil in her life instead of moving past it. I want to say this with all, I want to be humble about this. We all in this room, we've all lost loved ones, and we all have grieved over those that we've lost. Some of it has been very, very difficult in our lives. Some of y'all watching online, you've lost loved ones. God wants us to grieve, but he also wants to heal us of our grief. He doesn't want us living in our grief for the loss of our loved one for the rest of our lives. He doesn't want us to make a career out of grief. That's the reason we have grief share here at the church so that we can help the process of knowing how to grieve in a healthy way. But I'm going to tell you something. If the enemy can keep you in your grief for the rest of your life, he would like nothing more than to leave you in grief because you, it's, if you can't move on, you are stagnated and you'll never be productive in the kingdom of God because you are hung up in your grief or in whatever you're hung up in because of the negative attributes of your past. But grief is a real thing, and God wants us to grieve. And I'll just say this about that, that there's only one wrong way to grieve, and that is without hope. We've got to have hope. Let God heal you. That's what it's all about. Don't allow the past to hold you in bondage. Don't be a prisoner of your past. So here's Paul. He's, he's writing all this stuff about forgetting things. Uh, despite his misguided persecution of the church, he killed Christians, by the way, which could have resulted in immense and debilitating personal guilt. You talk about PTSD. He could have had a lot of that. He did not succumb to its power to imprison him. He, he said... I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. Someone said one time, well, you just, you Christian, you're just a Christian because you, you need a crutch. Uh, Christianity, Jesus is just your crutch. Let me tell you something. It's a good thing to have a crutch if you're a cripple. And we're crippled without Jesus. 
Everybody else is whether they realize it or not. Says, I thank Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly, everybody say formerly, a blasphemer, a persecutor, insolent, violently arrogant man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's all be careful about how we label ourselves, and let's all be careful about how we allow other people to label ourselves. Because God wants to heal. God's in the healing business, and he wants us to be able to move forward with our lives. Paul's testimony provides a floodgate of hope for anyone who would insist that I am who I am and I cannot change my circumstances. My situation is set in concrete. It cannot change. Uh, Paul said, look at me. See the grace of God at work in me. Anybody remember the grace of God inside of you? You remember when God took you and he blessed you with forgiving you of your sins and he gave you grace. He didn't give you what you deserve, but he gave you what you needed. <laughs> Thank God that he does that. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Henry Ford understood the importance of moving past your failures. He said that failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. I like that. I like it. I'm thankful that God's patient with us, how he readily gives us mercy, how he gives us grace, and he allows us to have access to him, that we can have communion with him on a regular basis, that he lets us have access. He gives grace to the humble. You remember the Bible says that, right? It says that God gives grace to the humble. Now, does that mean that he won't give grace to the arrogant? Is that what that means? Let me read something to you in James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Right, this is a big deal here. God opposes the proud. In other words, there's no Pride will keep you from hearing the plan that God has for you. And it says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know whose job it is for you to be humble? It's your job. I can't make you humble. <laughs> I have a hard enough time with myself, making myself humble. And if somebody says... They're always bragging about how humble they are. Chances are they're not that humble. One of the things that I, it's interesting. Man, I think it's a blessing to be convicted of the Holy Spirit. 
I think it's a blessing to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the challenge. We can never, never confuse conviction with condemnation. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me, Jesus said, but that the world through me might be saved. And many times, if we, if we look at the conviction when God convicts us of issues in our lives and he wants us to move on past the issues of our past and, and uh, those who have offended us in our past, those who have, we have issues with, and even ourselves, if we are hung up on those things, then and the Holy Spirit convicts us of those things, but we don't respond to that, we live in condemnation because we put ourselves there. I, I think it's time. I think it's time we started taking responsibility for ourselves. Instead of, instead of it's like, oh man, them other people. Man, I can't believe them other people. Man, my, my mom or my daddy. You, keep, you don't know my grandpa. You don't know him. Hey, let's take responsibility for ourselves. Forgetting the things which are beyond, press on. Everybody say, press on. So when that happens, what we do, all of a sudden, we have peace with God. We have peace with ourselves. No longer are we walking in condemnation. Yes, the Holy Spirit does convict us. I'll say this. Let me, let me, the closer I get to God, and the more I let his light shine on me. Like, did you notice whenever I left these lights, the people up there, they turned these lights on. Did you notice that? The brighter the light, the greater the conviction because Dora has one of those mirrors that you, it's a, like a magnifying mirror. You look in there and you get real close to it and you go, Ooh. I didn't see that. And then you, like I'm like, turn that thing off. I don't want that. But that's what that's what happens. It doesn't. Isn't that what happens? Whenever God shows us who we are, He lets us see our little glimpse of this. And go, Ooh, no, no, no. Let me just tell you this: the closer you get to God, the more you'll be able to see the sin in your life. But that's a blessing. Because once we deal with the sin in our lives, then we're able to get closer to God. Because the sin does nothing but steal, kill, and destroy our lives. That's the reason God calls sin. He doesn't say don't sin because, you know, I just I just want to I just want to beat you up. No, he wants us to not sin because it's bad for us. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. The only reason God doesn't want you to sin is because it's bad for you. It's just bad for you. He wants to give you life more abundantly. When it comes to the things of your past that are hard to forget, that are, that, but, but it's holding you back, I just got one word for you. Forget about it. Well, I made it one word. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for helping us. Thank you for your many blessings. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you... 
continually provide mercy and grace for us that you are so, so faithful to us. Pray, oh God, that you'd help us, Lord, to press on, to forget the things of our past and to press on. And Lord, to allow the activating system in our eyes, oh God, to look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith, that when you are moving, that, that, that it will be activated in us, that we see you move in our lives, that you re, restore our eyesight for the plan that you have for us and not to allow the, the things of our past to stifle the plans for our future. Thank you for it. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest gift known to mankind is a gift of a relationship with God. Here's what it says. Jesus said, we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. Everybody in this room, including me, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't join it because it, they don't make them, honestly. But I will say this, that when you're forgiven of your sins, you have a relationship with Jesus and you can begin to work on that. The Bible says this, that there's only one name given under heaven whereby man must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus because he is the only one that overcame death and he's the only one that was resurrected. So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your personal Savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him. Simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody, Preacher, that's me. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? Let me ask you a question. Is there anything in your life you just, you need to move past, you need to let it go, you need to forget about it, raise your hand. Some, some an offense or something, you just gotta, I, I mean, I think that's just the order for the day and I think that that's why we, we needed to talk about it this morning. But I wanna pray for you, if you don't mind. Let's, let's raise our hands and surrender to God's plan and his purpose. For our lives. Lord, you see our hands. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help us to understand that the plans that you have for us, Lord, are to, are to prosper in our health and our spiritual health and, and financial health and all of the health, Lord, that you have for us. Help us, Lord, to, to be faithful to you and to understand that you are for us, not a, that you're not against us and that you have a plan for our future. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to push that delete button in our mind. And Lord, to retrain our brain to look for the things that you want us to look for. And Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, in the church said, amen. God bless y'all. I love y'all. Thanks for being here. We have our prayer team. If you need special prayer, love to have you.